0: while making a positive impact in your community.
1: Good morning. This is Robert Fikui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. And good Monday morning. Welcome, everyone. Hope you all had a great weekend. Um, we got a great topic for you today is, well, I guess every week I say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh it's obviously one that a lot of people want to hear about it's marketing strategies so the title of today's podcast is our facebook live depending how you're listening to this is marketing strategies that work so of that's the number one question i get as a marketing consultant so we're going to try and uh, answer that as best we can with my co-host eric Yoon of standout marketing eric welcome happy monday
0: hey robert yeah it is great, great <laughs> so, monday
1: so you said you're a little sick this uh this over the weekend but how are you feeling right now
0: yeah a lot better like last night i don't know if it was food poisoning or what but slept it off and it was, it was good <laughs>
1: all right it's good okay fine all right cool so you ready for this topic yeah let's do it <laughs> all right so you know what what marketing strategies are the best when i get I get asked this a lot like you know have this magic you know, answer, like there's a, there's like a one size fits all type answer. They always ask me, so what's the best marketing approach? What should I do? And I don't even know what kind of business they have. <laughs> and so, and so the, uh, my answer is always the one that works. What is the best marketing strategy? It's the one that works. Um, somewhat tongue and treat, but it's actually a true statement, but basically, um, there's no one pat answer and I don't care if you have, um, the same, exact business has the guy across the street, your marketing strategy may be different than theirs. And it probably should be because if you're just doing or trying to replicate what they do, then you're just kind of following the leader and you're going to be behind because um, anyways, you need to do something that's going to help you stand out amongst all the competition in the industry. So, you know, yeah, the one that works, you know, the, the marketing strategy that uh, that's the best is the one that works. So then which one works? Well, They all kind of work if you're really good at it. (laughs) It's the bottom line. So it's kind of a simplified answer, but it's obviously kind of complicated because depending on the kind of business you have, it's going to and the kind of um, kind of customers you have and the type of products and services that you have are going to determine what kind of approach you're going to do. So, you know, this is a pretty broad discussion i mean there's so many nuances to it especially when you get into details of specific business so we're going to try and at least focus it a little bit today um today we'll talk about more product-based business if you have a product that you're you're bringing to market or are in the market or if you have a retail or kind of a restaurant business something that requires a lot of sales volume right versus next week we'll dive into more service-based businesses uh, whether it's an attorney or an accounting firm or a marketing firm like, like Eric and I have. Um, ones that you don't require tons of volume like you would in a restaurant or a, a retailer. Um, so, there's, there's some, so there'll be some differences in the kind of marketing approach you have, versus whether it's a service-based versus a product-based. So we'll kind of focus on the product base this week. Is that good, Eric? Yeah, sounds good. So kind of before we get into um, some of the nuances of types of marketing approaches to deliver, first, I want to kind of tee it up by talking about some of the fundamentals that every business, whether you're product-based or service-based, need to consider. First is your target market. You've got to know, are you selling B2B, business-to-business? Are you selling direct-to-consumer? And within each of those type of target markets, what is the demographics? You know, you really need to know specific demographics about your target market. And what is the consumer behavior? What are the type of marketing and sales approaches do they respond to? And where do they hang out, whether it's virtually or physically? Um, And then is it preferable to do more one on one sales versus actual marketing where you're pushing out advertising or social media stuff? Um, So, what you know, just really got to understand you know, when you understand who your target market is, then really try to understand their consumer behavior and how they react to certain marketing approaches. And then, probably. Um, one of the most important things—I mean, this is just a, a few general things—but then one of the most important things to really need to consider and plan for is what resources. What resources can you commit for the long term? That's time and money. What can you commit to in the long term? Because marketing is not usually going to be an overnight success. Sometimes it is, but most of the time, it's something that's built in, over time and it's developed over time. Because the first time we you create an ad and certainly Eric, we've had experience when we've worked together on projects is that the first time you push out something, whether it's on social media or, or an e or whatever, you don't always get the right, you know, the, the, the best engagement right off the bat. And so, but there are some signs and signs that we can say, okay, this seems to work. This doesn't work. How do we refine it? So we get the most bang for our buck. Right? So you got to fine tune, you got to tweak it over time. So marketing, whenever you're going to do any kind of market approach, you need to commit for the long term. So, what is it, what kind of time and money resources can you commit? Personnel, skills, what have you? Right. So, anything to add to that?
0: Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, and you can do develop a marketing strategy on any budget, and I think it's really good to know. Um, one thing I would do is just say, okay, I think three months is a good time to be able to test a marketing strategy and get some kind of results. And so let's say you have, um, you know, maybe 500 bucks a month that you can put toward towards marketing, you know, every month for three months. And I would do that and say, okay, this is how much I have to you know, put into social media and then, you know, um, going door to door and doing things or whatever. And so, um, I mean, that's really good. Um, just know your target. Know your budget and uh, just try like a three month test. I think testing, testing, testing is huge. Uh, and yeah. just until, like you said, mm-hmm. the right the right one is the best one. And yeah. so to find the right one, you're going to have to test, do different things until you find okay, this one's working.
1: Yeah, and, <clears throat> and test on a smaller scale. Right, learn exactly. on a, learn and fill on a, in a smaller scale as opposed to going all in. I think that's one of the mistakes I've seen with whether it's past clients or just friends or just hearing from other businesses talking about, oh, this doesn't work. I sunk a ton of money into into marketing and it didn't yield any benefit. Well it comes comes out that, you know, they sunk a ton of money into let's say TV advertising um, and commercials and it, it didn't work. Um, I would say, you know, I don't tell them after the fact, but, you know, our approach, especially as you're talking, Eric, about testing, 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 is test small. One of the things you can do before you go into a big production and do the big commercial uh, is to even test just on social media. One of the benefits of Facebook may not be, that might be the avenue that you do sink your marketing dollars into, but it could be an avenue that you at least test. So even doing a, a simple video, with some good caption, good some good copy. See how people respond to that little ad that you put on Facebook. How many clicks, how many likes do you get just off of these little simple ads? You don't have to do a full-on production, so to speak, but you can do something simple even off of your iPhone, Mm -hmm. but also test out the kind of verbiage that you use. the captions on your post to see what kind of response you get. And then if you really feel, as you feel confident, you do more of these, then all of a sudden next, you know, okay, now let's do a commercial, right? Now let's sink the money into hiring Eric Eun to do a nice professional video production (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. Right. But you can test a lot of these things and then, and before you get into that phase. right?
0: Yeah, totally. And like even Facebook, it has a made for you where you can test your content, you test, your verbiage, and you could also test your target. Um, you know, different splits. But we do that all the time before putting, you know, a hundred bucks into one ad. We'll first test, you know, $5, $5, $5, $5, mm-hmm. testing different content for a vision and yeah. uh, target audience.
1: Yeah. So that's a, the media of Facebook. I, we use a lot. And even mm-hmm. if it's not the final approach, marketing approach, but just testing out messaging and images mm-hmm. and video and all that, it's great stuff. I mean, that's yeah. great market research. It's a cheap way to do it get immediate feedback, and you can, within two weeks, you can pretty much get a pretty good sense of what's going on if you're just testing a lot of different things all at once. Yeah. Right? So let's focus on a, a product. You know, someone's got a, a, a single product, uh, or maybe they've got a few products that they're trying to get on the market. Maybe they're, they're maybe trying to sell on Shopify or whatever, but what's a great, um, what are some good cost-effective ways to, to market um, someone's got a product? One, one, or, or or multiple. Any thoughts? Or do you want me to start?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I think this might be more general, and I think we could kind of have a foundation. But um, I think it's good. This helps me to know. It helps me to know to, if I know why um, I'm actually doing this certain step. It helps. And I always try to plug it into this equation. And um, you guys watching might have heard of it. I'll go over it real quick. But it's called the conversion equation. And it just helps you be more um, intentional with your marketing efforts and and, and what kind of content you're making to market. But um, the conversion equation is pretty much this. You got interrupt, engage, educate, and then offer. And then so whoever you're trying to reach is in one of five categories. It's going to be people who don't know you and then people now who have heard of you and then people who are interested in you. And then four, people who now trust you. And then fifth is people who are now customers. And basically, this equation is going to take them from interrupt, gets them from not knowing you to knowing you. Engage gets them from knowing you to interested. Educate gets from interested to trust. And then the offer gets them into a possibly a customer. Mm-hmm. And so with every step, you want to plug it in and say, okay, I think this is interrupting or this is educating um, or engaging. But the problem most people have is they just want to offer, offer, offer and so it's kind of like asking people um just like right when you see someone just asking them on a date right away instead of trying to get to (laughs) know them you know um but i think that's a good kind of foundation to know okay that helps to know okay what do i gotta do to interrupt them you know wear like a superhero suit and just walked into their store or you know whatever it is
1: so (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Now that's great rule of thumb. Uh no matter what type of business you have, um on the marketing and sales approach is is you got to capture their attention. Um, mm-hmm. but you got to do something that's good, that's going to engage them and so it has to be something that they want. So it goes yeah. back to my earlier statement about knowing your customer customer behavior. How do mm-hmm. they respond? What are they interested in? Right? Yeah. So we can put out content whether it's on social media or doing ad or even if you're walking in the door to to make a sales call um, that we kind of know the approach that we can get potentially give so that they become engaged and then we could take the next step um, in Mm -hmm. in the funnel so if you've got a product business and you know so i run across a lot of these just you know like a lot of times friends just you know they want to get started they got this product and they don't have a big budget marketing budget um so what do we do right so you create a Shopify account or maybe a Squarespace website or whatever, and start trying to sell and trying to promote. Um, so first thing I would say is number one, no matter what you're doing, is learn. Learn all the nuances of marketing, whatever approach you're going to take. And too many times what we they do is just, well, we, we just pop on Facebook and we're just going to, you know, a bunch of posts. And like you said, just promote, promote, promote. And it's like asking for a date before, you know, even finding out their name. And so, so yes, you got to learn the approach. Just like what you outlined first, Eric was, you know, the five steps or the, the mm-hmm. those five steps, but then also really understand if you're going to be on Facebook, you're going to be on LinkedIn. If you're going to do some ads, some Google ads or do some SEO or whatever you're going to do, learn the nuances of not just the mechanics of to do it, but actual, the marketing approach, because any, any information out there that gives recommendations how to market using, you know, these different approaches are going to have similar types of steps that you laid out. You want to get them engaged. You don't want to just be selling, selling, selling. Mm-hmm. You got to get engaged, to be interested in you. And then you got to start building trust in some way. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a product based business, whatever, if you're going to create a website and all that, definitely learn the nuances of not just the mechanics of how to do it, but also the marketing approach Mm-hmm. and think about what can get the biggest bang for your bucks. So if you have a product, a lot of times I'll, I'll ask these these questions is, if you have a product, is it something that can be protected, whether it's trademark or, or patented and so forth? And I've, I've had to actually come across a couple of clients. I have a couple of clients that just that. They actually have, well, one was patented. The other one I thought could be patented. So I had a, had a client. Um, so let's talk about the one that, has a product that's not that's not protected yet. He's telling me about this this product, and I'm like, "Can that be protected?" He's like, "I don't know." So I hooked him up with one of my friends, is an IP attorney, and sure enough, it could be. So then got him connected to another IP attorney back east, and said, "Hey, this thing I think could be licensed out because um, licensed out to companies like Nike." Because I I talked to him, it's like if we can protect this thing, think about licensing it out. Another company like a Nike, so basically it was a, a, a different piece of technology that he built around the, the headband of a baseball cap to provide more, more breathing. It was kind of a mesh thing and had a little bit of a gap for, to, to breathe. So it, you know, so it kind of it kind of minimizes the amount of sweat and all that kind of stuff. So, anyways, I thought it was a great concept, uh, something he just thought up himself, <clears throat> and so I talked to this this IP attorney said, yeah, I think this, this can be. Um, this is protected. So actually it's, it's protected now. And also, so now the next thing is to, to um, um, go after company licensing out to companies like Nike because they already have the distribution. So here's a, a business. They're trying to do all the retail and doing all the marketing and trying to create the buzz. Mm-hmm. Well, here's something that other companies can use, but a company like Nike or anybody else that sells ball caps and has big distribution, license out to them because they already have the distribution. Right. So you, you don't make as much money per se per unit, but you make it up in volume and it's less work for you because now you mm-hmm. don't have to do all the marketing. Yeah. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. You're actually selling a piece of that technology to somebody else and they'll do the marketing and they just pay yeah. you the royalties. So that's an approach. You know, Think about something. If it can be protected, go that route or think at least think about that route and also sell wholesale too is instead of trying to do all retail and do all, put all the marketing behind it see if your product can be sold wholesale. So get into the hands of distributors or manufacturers that will sell it for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and that becomes a chicken and egg thing in that approach because some wholesalers, like say you're trying to get into Costco. Well, they usually want to see a track record, a sales track record. So, which means you do have to do some retail sales in order to to show them that, hey, there's a market for this, especially when it's a product that's not very well known. Right? So those are a couple of approaches I I talk about a lot, at least explore in the beginning, mm-hmm. to see what the potential is in that area because then you don't have to spend all this money in marketing and advertising that you don't know much about. Right. right? So I don't know if you have anything to add there for a product business, whether it's that or something else as far as how to cost-effective ways to market product
0: yeah i think another way is to um and this is obvious but just giving out a sample of your product and um but the way that you know the way that you give out your your samples is really important and i think um a lot of times people will just um say okay i got like i don't know 50 samples to give away and you know just kind of give them away to you know a bunch of people but you know if you have like different let's say like you're selling um something with categories like coffee and there's like different roasts or whatever. Right. And I would put like beans and, um, and then just say, okay, here's, um, like the, the Colombian sample, whatever it is, Guatemalan sample. And then I would really choose, let's say I had like 30 samples to give away. I would maybe choose 10 stores or, you know, or t- 10 potential clients that I want to, I don't want to sell to that I want to really be a customer, whether it be an office building or whatever it is. And, um, I'll go to them and s- And not only give them one sample, but give them three rounds of samples, you know, and this is what my dad did. I asked my dad, he, he developed, he made a business, um, decades ago and it's a network of, um, network of mini markets and gas stations that he stocks and um distributes like you know medicine and engine oil beauty supplies and he didn't speak english or anything when he started but um he has a network of them and it's just it's going solid still and so i asked him what was the first thing that you did and um the first thing he did was he just went into different stores but he didn't ask him right away but he just found, okay, these are the 10 that I want to go to out of all of them that he visited. And he just had conversations with them. And ultimately, um, seven out of 10 um, of them signed on to him as a client. Cool. And so um, I think intentionality is super key. And let them know that you're, they're not just someone, just a random you know, person you're giving a sample. But if you get them three rounds of samples for one, it's going to make them feel like they're valued as a mm-hmm. as a potential customer. Mm-hmm. But also, they get to experience your brand and your product in three different rounds. And if you've mm-hmm. got the goods, there's a good chance they're going to sign on. Yeah, and
1: that's
0: it's good. already developing a relationship, cultivating yeah. a relationship too. Mm-hmm. And so you're not just it's not just a business thing, but mm-hmm. there's relationship developed as well.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. <coughs> it's a lot of key points here. One was. What we talked about earlier is consistency. What are the resources, time, and money that you can commit to for the long haul? Mm-hmm. So you talked about consistency because, you know, one one time in the door and give a sample may not ne- necessarily result in a sale. Sometimes mm-hmm. it will. Most times it won't. But going back time and time again, you start developing relationships because you're not dropping off samples. You're starting to talk to people, getting to know them a little bit more, right, and start to create yeah. a personal connection. Mm -hmm. at least i hope that's what you do and i'm sure that's what your dad did (laughs) even though he didn't speak much english but the fact that he's in there all the time you know you do you you kind of oh here he comes that sounds cool especially if they liked it the first time the samples (laughs) so of course it's something to look forward to and then the other thing was hyper focusing your your target market Mm -hmm. is instead of going broad you know spreading yourself thin and you can't you can't sample as much or repetitively. You might be able to do one or maybe two rounds of samples, but if you Mm -hmm. narrow your focus in those smaller group of potential customers, now you can provide more rounds of samples and that's more touch points Mm -hmm. because especially when it it comes to marketing and sales, it's all about, it's it's, sometimes it's a lot of, it's a numbers game as well. You have to get a number of touch points. People have to see you and engage with you repetitively on a number of occasions, not just one time, one Mm -hmm. time and out. Doesn't typically do it. It'll only work maybe two percent of the time.
0: Yeah, and I was watching this on I think it's like a Gary Vee video or something, but um, they were talking about marketing for the third visit for restaurants, and um, they were saying how the first time visit, if they even if they have a really good experience, it's like a forty percent retention rate, and second time it's a forty two percent. And a third visit, if they have a great experience, is 70, over 70% retention rate. Mm-hmm. And so they talk about, you know, market towards a third. And I think doing the sample thing is, like, give them a third, you know, go mm-hmm. to them three times. Give them a reason for you to go to them three times. Yeah, um, Way more likely for them to sign on.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, that hyper-focused targeting is great. I think for any business, think about that is not just mm-hmm. uh, narrow down your target market, but even the, the scope. How many people? Um, let's talk about the restaurant. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that is back in vogue as far as marking is mills, uh, millers. Mm-hmm. It's something I've, we've talked about in a, in a past conversation as well. But millers still work because people don't do it typically. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so that's why it works, is because people don't see it in their mail as much anymore. They used to be flooded, sure. now you don't. So when it comes in your mail, you're at least going to look at it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's going to
1: get onto the, the table somewhere before you th- if they throw it away. And sometimes it takes a while before they even throw it away. So that marking, one marketing piece actually sits around for a while. So there's, there's a lot of different, there's a multiple touch points on one mailer in that household. And so instead of trying to go broad with the mailer distribution, I always say, let's figure out how much it's going to cost to distribute the mailers for say three, four or 5,000 know because there's different based on volume different costs and figure out what's a, what's a good amount that you can send out at least four or five rounds of these mailers within Mm -hmm. a two to three month period. Yeah. Right. So let's get, let's figure that your budget, let's figure out the budget and let's figure out how much, you know, how many people can we, uh, uh, what's the amount of people, um, uh, potential customers that will allow us to, to send out a number of rounds of these mailers within your budget. Instead of just yeah. doing going broad and sending out to like 50,000 people, but you can only do one route. <clears throat> yeah. Right. So, yeah, that like better t-
0: too t- because less people and in, in within that certain zip code or whatever. Um, I mean, that's just a better, more focused target, too. Let alone, yeah, um, yeah so it kind of does, does your job for you.
1: Yeah, and so and then the mail, you know, the post office now has this every door direct mailing program. Is mm-hmm. that basically, and it's it's pretty, you know, makes the postage inexpensive, that you can actually drop mailers and and have it distributed to every address in a um, mail carrier's route. So you actually go mm-hmm. onto the post office site, and it'll map out all the different routes, all the mail, uh, all mm-hmm. the all the postman's routes, and mm-hmm. you pick. A one or two, multiple routes, mm-hmm. however you may you want. So let's say you, you're, you have your business address and you go, hey, I want to send it out to maybe a three-mile radius and how many mailing routes is that? And then it'll tell you how many addresses there are, which will determine how many mailers you need to print. So you got to get everything yeah. printed up and then you drop it off at the post office and say, hey, I want it in route two, five, and six is where I want these mailers to go out. Mm-hmm. And I'll drop it right in Postman's bag and they just all they do is just drop it so the postage isn't expensive because it's not specific to an address. All they know, all the mailman has to know is it one goes to every person on the route or every address on the route. Yeah. So that's why it reduces the postage because it takes mm. all the guessing and, and and sorting out of the, of the issue of the picture.
0: And that information is available on uh, just, just go, on the go post- to the post office.
1: Yeah, uh, just go on the website, the US Post Office website. Oh wow. It's called it's EDDM really cool. or Every Door Direct Mail. And so um you know, we've done that for clients that we've done some print work with so we get you know you just have the graphic design you get the print work you figure out what size mailer that you want um and then we go on to the yeah the post office site we look at the routes we figure out how many addresses that's going to be and then we know how much to print mm-hmm. and then from there we just um we just just drop it off right at the at the mailbox whatever the whatever office it is we need to drop it off at but yeah, yeah. um uh, it's very Cost-effective way because the postage is a lot cheaper than typical postage because, like I said, because they don't have to sort. We just tell them these are the routes we wanted it, at, and then uh, postage is relatively cheaper than typical for whatever post size mm-hmm. postcard it typically would be. Um, but it's a great way because you can you can know, map it, map it out, and uh, you know you can send it to down and it's it's hyper focused because it's right around the area of your business. Mm-hmm. And you send out, you know, four or five rounds of these things, and uh, yeah, and you can send out, you know, it doesn't have to be the same exact mailer each time. It has you can change up the imagery and maybe the <laughs> offer or whatever. But you know, you know, anyways, so that's something to really think about too. Depending on the kind of business, but if you have a restaurant, especially, that's something that right. I think really really works because you know you rely on the local audience anyway. Right, um, and so and, and retailers as well, you know, if you have like a convenience store or something like that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, think about those, those types of things, but it goes back to what you said earlier is the hyper focus Mm -hmm. is instead of trying to go broad and not being able to be as consistent with the marketing approach or the sales approaches, maybe go smaller so you can have more touch points. Mm -hmm. Right? So I think regardless of what marketing approach you use, that's a good rule of thumb. How can we be consistent and then maybe have a smaller focus on your your potential customers, so you can have more repetitive touch points uh, mm-hmm. to them on whatever marketing you use. Well, cool. I think that's that's pretty good stuff. I think uh, obviously, I had some specific examples, um, but I think more importantly, is some of the principles that we outline, right? Because yeah. the best marketing approach is the one that works. So there's a lot of different things that'll work, but I think if you're consistent with what you do, um, and you're hyper focused. Um, I think you'll see some great, great, great results. Any last parting words, Eric, before we sign off?
0: Yeah, just don't be afraid to try things.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You just got to try it. Test it out, right? We said earlier, test it. If you have a
0: crazy idea for marketing, it's probably a good one. So try it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. If it hasn't been done, then most likely it's going to work because it's going to stand out. Um, So if if anyone, if any of you, if if you have some questions, especially because we're going to do part two next week, Definitely put it into the post feature uh, if, you're, if you're watching this on Facebook Live. If you're viewing this in the podcast, I think there's something on the podcast page where you can actually uh, make a comment. So go ahead and do that. But if you have questions or want specific examples based on the kind of business that you have, go ahead and just post that on, on the Facebook page. So thank you, everyone, again, for listening to the Purpose and Profitability Podcast. Again, next week we'll go ahead and kind of go, go into part two of Marketing Strategies at Work, and we'll focus on service based business. So if you have a service-based business, definitely ask your questions ahead of time. Uh, but if you have other business questions or topics that you'd like to hear more about or hear about, email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, number 61, businessdevelopment.com, or just go right to the Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability. And tune in again next week as we go live. So thanks again for listening. This is Robert Fakui. And remember, purpose plus profitability or purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless and have a great productive week, everyone.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.